You have just downloaded the Barbecue Central Show, which airs live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show is brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology. They can be found at thebbqguru.com or call them 800-288-GURU. And by the CHOPS Power Injector System, the 2015 Barbecue Tool of the Year at the NBBQA. Find them at barbecuekansascity.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. From injections to rubs to sauces, always trust your butcher at butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for everything and anything that has to do with barbecue. Their website is BigPapaSmokers.com And by CookShack Pellet and Electric Grills Visit them at PelletCooker.com Or CookShack.com Or call them 800-423-0698 And by Cookin' Pellets You can buy Cookin' Pellets At CookinPellets.com You can also visit Amazon.com To purchase as well and by Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet grills on the market today. You can visit them at GreenMountainGrills.com. Hi, this is Bobby Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh, should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. Want to jump into the show tonight? Jump on in with a phone call, 216-220-0966. You can email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. In case you didn't get the newsletter today, which there are uh, literally a little volume. Am Am I high? Am I too high? By too too much. What? Little volume. Here we go. Um, if you didn't get the newsletter, there's like a couple spots left. Couple spots. The show newsletter comes out every Tuesday at right around 4 p.m. So sign up for that if you haven't already. There's just a few spots left, and then it will be locked up and uh, gone until somebody unsubscribes perhaps is a is a better way to to, to term it unsubscribe 
Anyway, here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the third Tuesday of the month. So you know who that brings at the 914 segment. A multiple-time author, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, a cooking class instructor, and friend of this show, Stephen Reichlin, joining us at 914. And then at 935... We get our first insider's look to one of the teams that is doing the Barbecue Central Show reality TV radio show following them for the 2016 season. Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue competed this past weekend at the Hold'em and Hit'em in Houston, Texas. 150 teams there. So we'll get his recap, uh, get a little insider's insight into how that event one for him and where he proceeds uh, to go from here so that will take your first hour then we'll move to the second hour coming up at ten fourteen. you know if you listen to the show last week i uh, basically screwed the pooch on times and uh, kept telling tim shop from tim's full belly deli who by the way uh, was rounding out the uh, third uh, foundational interview of the three teams that i am following this season and I kept telling him uh, 9.14, his time or whatever, but uh, I I completely screwed it. Well, it would have been, it was 10.14 my time. I kept telling him 10.14, whatever I was telling him was an hour off. Nevertheless, he eventually called in and said, hey, no problem. Uh, I'm I'm not home yet, but I can get back in. And then, you know, I had half the segment gone by the time I, I got him up. So we had a few questions with Tim last week. And I'm kind of going to reset the whole segment with him. We'll get background on Tim's Full Belly Deli. We'll see what they're up to in uh, 2016. We'll get some recap on how they did in 2015. And I believe it is going to be just Tim tonight. Uh, no Adam. Um, and he's traveling. So... Tim, great guy, great person. I think you're going to be very intrigued if you missed it last week to get some insight into his team and uh, what they've accomplished so far and what they're looking to do in 2016. And then at 935, uh, we're wide open right now. We have uh, some pictures to show you of what it looks like when you win the Snake River Farms gift package that we used as a part of the giveaway on can a freshman say it, or was it can a seventh grader say it, one of them. And we have pictures, we have proof that indeed stuff actually shows up to your door and you win prizes and all this good stuff. I always ask people, hey, when you win it, let me know how you like it or let me know when it gets to you, and you know, 99% of the time, nobody's interested in actually following up with that. But that's fine. You're certainly your prerogative. But James Sang, if I'm saying that name correctly, took pictures and sent the whole thing. Now, of course, he hasn't cooked anything yet, but it, you get to see initial packaging, uh, unboxing, and then each individual piece because he won a brisket and a pork collar. So you get to see what that looks like as it comes out of the box as well. And then, uh, if you are so inclined, because I am pretty much done with the studio, as I had mentioned last week, uh, with the do-it-yourselfers soundproofing and so forth, um, I got some uh, new lights over the weekend as well to help with the uh, green screen background that I, I would tell you was happening last week and the week before that, but you would probably never see it. But I saw it, and it was driving me up the friggin' wall because I'm OCD. And... I took a like a video of what the studio looks like now. 
in in a finished form. So if you've ever wondered, if you've ever wondered what the Barbecue Central Show new studio looks like, and nobody's, I have a whole guest area over on the other side of the screens here that nobody's ever seen. You could, I have a whole place for you if you ever wanted to be a guest on the show. You just let me know. So uh, that's the deal. That's what's happening tonight. Stephen Reichlin, Clarence Joseph, Tim Shop. If you are interested in sharing this show's contents tonight, let everybody know that we are live on my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on Listen Live. It's a big red button right there at the top. If you want to see the video stuff, come on over to outdoorcookingchannel.com, the longtime video syndication partner of this show. You can also check me out on the Roku's. If you go to Roku or some other IP television platform, go to the App Store. If there's Outdoor Cooking Channel in that App Store, please go ahead and download it. And uh, not only do you have uh, archive access to all the Outdoor Cooking Channel shows, but you do have the archives of this show and a live stream of all of the shows that Kevin shows in his live schedule. So there you go. Let me back up just for one second. Last week, I was going over the uh, iTunes reviews that were, in a word, a couple, scathing. And the guy saying the show is a two-hour commercial for my sponsors. Here's the question that I needed to ask him, and his name was like, uh, you know, I still live in my mom's basement or whatever his username was. How much money do you think I am making, dickwad? Hundreds of thousands of dollars on the show? I still have a day job, like a regular job, a 9 to 5 or an 8 to 5 or an 8 to 7 or an 8 to 8 or whatever it takes to do that day. And if I lost that job or if I was not there anymore, believe me. This show ain't keeping me afloat. Uh, I'm not still buying the uh, corporate Lamborghinis and private jets, okay? Let us remember, I do the show, this show, because I love doing the show for me. I started doing the show for me. I continue to do the show for me. I do the show for you, but the passion... And the internal fire, if you will, is because I like to do the show. That's why it happens each and every week. It's not because people pay me to talk about their particular products. Products which, by the way, I believe in fully and 100%. And I do my own research on products to make sure that, uh, if at all possible, I am weeding out the 'er ne'er-do-wells and malfeasance of the barbecue and grilling industry, and I'm doing business with people that are respectable and have pride and ethics and so forth. Well, every once in a while, they slip through the cracks. However, if all of the sponsors went away tomorrow, next Tuesday, unlike the Powerball that people were saying, I would be adios, amigos. If all the sponsors were gone tomorrow, I would be here next Tuesday doing the show Because I like doing the show. And that is the bottom line. I started with no sponsors. I started making with zero money on this show. And boom. If I went back to making no money on this show again, I would still be doing this same show. 
in all of its majesty in the palatial Barbecue Central studios, all this stuff. Come on. I mean, who are you kidding? So go back to I live in my mom's basement. I live in my mom's basement. You douche. Bag. All right. I hope I've made myself clear. Two-hour commercial, all I want. It's my show. Let me talk to you for a few minutes about the longest-running sponsors of the show. Located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru Gang. If you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They created this technology So my question is, why are you going to buy one from anybody else other than the Barbecue Guru? I don't know why either. Don't do it. Not familiar with how these little beauties work? How about this? Use your imagination just for one second. Imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature in one set, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook. Too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this today. There are currently a number of different models to choose from. A CyberQ Wi-Fi you have the party cue. Man, I love this party cue. The more and more I use it, the more and more I'm able to take it off one cooker and put it on the next kind of cooker. It intrigues me to no end that the price point of $149 is all it takes for you to get a little self-contained action, if you know what I mean. Runs on AA batteries. As I said, it goes from cooker to cooker to cooker. It's fabulous. It's like the cruise control for your pit. Maybe you're a busy working professional, or you're constantly on the run with kids, and you don't have the time to set around and worry about the temperatures. This is what the Guru will do for you on any mod. Now, some of them you can monitor the internal temperatures of meat. You can log on to networks and control those devices right from phones or tablets or netbooks or laptops or however you do it. But there's varying models to choose from. So here's what I suggest. Go to the website, thebbqguru.com, and check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They will make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. And again, please... Don't guess. Once you get to the website, if you have any questions about what to order, call them and ask the right questions. They will help you out. More importantly, the Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, we are back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet grills out there on the market today. Do you need a big one? Who doesn't? They got one. Do you need a medium-sized one? They got you covered. How about something to take along on hunting trips or tailgates or 
somewhere to be mobile. They got you hooked up there, too. Also, they can fire those cookers for you with their supremely popular wood pellets. Check them out, if you will. Check them out. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You could love yours as well if you just visit the website. All right. I'm attempting to call one Stephen Reichlin, but it's telling me my call is failed. Why is it failed? Two new subscribers just like that. How about it? Love it. All right, let me go to the email here and... Give Stephen a call here. Or shoot him an email, I guess. We have an interesting topic to talk about. I don't think uh, Stephen forgot to pay his phone bill at all. (laughs) Skype, man. It's free. The internets are free. Mostly. There's a lot of great stuff. Here we go. I see him up now. Uh, joining me now, 2015 Barbecue Hall of Famer, TV show host, barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple-time author, and if pressed, maybe would say that being a friend of this show is perhaps a crowning achievement of his barbecue career. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline, and welcome back third Tuesday of the show guest, Stephen Reichlin joining me. Stephen, how are you, buddy? You're great. Hey, everybody. How are you? Stephen, always appreciate the time uh, that you give to the show here and enjoy the chats that we have every month. And this is a uh, a unique topic that we're going to be talking about. I mean, it's it's not recipes or, you know, you've jaunted across the lands and you're going to be sharing, you know, whatever the latest barbecue you ate per se. It's barbecue trends for 2016. So it's almost like Stephen the Pontificator is uh, going to be talking tonight. So uh, I guess we can uh, open the floor up for discussion on what you think trends are going to be taking place in 2016. And, and I guess before we get into this coming year, last year, what did you think was the biggest one to hit 2015 after it's all said and done? Well, the biggest trend to hit uh, 2015, I think it was probably barbecue in places where you least expect it. And that's another trend I carried over to this year. But uh, who would have ever guessed that Brooklyn, New York would have become second only in the nation to Austin, Texas? Who would have ever suspected that you'd find great barbecue in Portland, Oregon, or Portland, Maine, for that matter? So, uh, you know, this revolution that we kindled 20 years ago has really, it's just become a a, a, a bonfire, a barbecue bonfire uh, worldwide. Stephen, when you when you wrote Barbecue Bible, and uh, I apologize, we're gonna we're gonna get off track right away, which is something you're used to uh, being a guest on this show at this point. But w- when you wrote Barbecue Bible, and and you see it now, and you know, however many years it's been out, and the multiple multiple millions of copies it sold all over the world, uh, are, are you surprised that when you put the book out? and you look at it where it is today, and you see where the industry is 
that it was going to be in this form or this fashion in 2015? Well, of course, when I wrote the book uh, back in 1998, when it came out, uh, I could never have dreamt uh, that there would be barbecue TV shows that I would host many of them. I never dreamt that you'd find great barbecue restaurants in London, Paris. But I guess if you think about it, you know, this is the world's oldest cooking method. It's the world's most universal cooking method. Uh, it's to, to cook over a live fire is fun. It's primal. It's satisfying. Uh, it speaks to who we are as a species. So I guess I'm not surprised. You know, I just I just didn't see it coming. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show. BarbecueBible.com, his website. Uh, also, the TV show ProjectSmoke.org, which we'll talk about here as well during the segment. So, trends for 2016. Smoking is the new grilling. Well, a big one and one very dear to my heart. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, even five years, ten years ago, uh, smoking was kind of practiced in the American barbecue belt, but you wouldn't call it mainstream. But today... Uh, the smoker has become the second grill. Uh, even people who didn't grow up with a barbecue tradition are comfortable cooking, uh, smoking pork shoulders. Uh, I have a lot of skin in this game. I have a new book coming out called Project Smoke coming out in uh, May that I've been working on for the last three years. And uh, day after tomorrow, I'm taking off for Palm Springs to tape season two of my Project Smoke TV show on PBS. But uh, I, I think this the sort of America's new love affair with smoke. Well, first of all, it's a logical extension. You know, first we grilled uh, special occasions, then on the weekend, then every night, then the outdoor kitchen kind of became an extension. The indoor kitchen, um, we grill everything now. So in a way, smoking is the last frontier. In regards to the TV show that you're going, uh, you said you were jaunting off to Palm Springs. Uh, aren't you doing a uh, disservice to us in the Northeast area who are now experiencing finally winter? Shouldn't there be a uh, an episode or three out in these subarctic temperatures and showing what it's like to cook? Because that's how we cook like men up here in Cleveland, Ohio, Steve, as you know. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because <laughs> I am speaking uh, in negotiations with my French-Canadian publisher and my French-Canadian TV producer to do a show. Uh, on winter grilling, why anybody who lives in Miami, Florida would want to go up to uh, to Montreal and start grilling in January and February is beyond me, but I guess I'm a masochist. But believe me, it's on my radar. And uh, you're going to be seeing a winter grilling book, in French at least, very soon. Very well. Uh, one of the other trends that you listed on the website, Stephen, was your grill will talk to your phone, and we're seeing that more and more. Oh, how are you seeing that kind of technology? Well, uh, this is an extension of everything that's going on with smart appliances. Uh, you know, first it was the uh, remote digital thermometer, and then the remote digital thermometer that would read out to your phone. And there are actually now grills that are voice controlled. Uh, Lynx makes one. Uh, there are smokers that are totally interfaced with your phone. Charbroil makes one. So I think you're going to be seeing more and more of this. In regards to that technology, Stephen, and I know that as a species, we have to be ever-evolving. And if, if you're not keeping up with times, you're just going to kind of fade away at some point. And you look at people that are, you know, 85, 90 years old and 
oh, no way I would ever have a computer. They might have a flip phone for a cell phone, but probably not. And it's it's just like a resistance. And I'm sure that comes with age and the sociology of human beings and all that other stuff. But in regards to where we are in this station of the industry, could it get too techy where at some point, you know – Build a fire and cook meat over long periods of time and, and drink some beer and don't worry about controlling with your cell phone or being able to talk and say cook medium rare or, or what have you. Is it could it get to be too much? Um of course it could. Uh and I mean you're talking to a guy who's basically uh poke the meat, build the fire. Uh I, I am not techie when it comes to grilling. But I will say that I've come to rely on my instant read meat thermometer. I mean, I think that's a very valuable tool. I think something like uh, the airflow controllers uh, that enable you to keep a consistent temperature in a ceramic cooker for 14 hours or 16 hours, you know, that is super helpful. So, I mean, it's sort of a case of um, of the high tech, uh, you know, these grills that talk to your phone, grabbing the headlines. I think we will find a balance between common sense, between the primal nature, but you know, using technology to to sort of watch our backs to make sure we get it right. Uh, one of the other trends that you listed out, Stephen, was Delhi dials home. Yeah, this is kind of interesting um, because. You know, certainly when I got started in this business, um, you'd never think of making a pastrami or a Montreal uh, smoked beef. Very few of us uh, cured and smoked bacon at home. Um, And we are doing this more and more now. I mean, we are cold smoking fish. So I just, uh, you know, I guess after eating really amazing pastrami at a half a dozen barbecue restaurants, not delis, but barbecue restaurants, uh, it just dawned on me, like, you know, this is something that was once the realm of the deli, but now has made a crossover into a totally different uh, cross-section uh, of American food culture. And, and I guess from what I was seeing in regards to the deli and, and all this stuff, um, a lot of people were, were really taking it in, into their house, and it was everybody was writing about it, uh, whether it would be a backyard guy or somebody like yourself. I know you had had some posts about doing this on Barbecue Bible, but there seemed to just be a lot of internet buzz and postings and bloggings about bringing that deli home. Absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing about it, if you think about the journey of something like pastrami, okay, it begins in the Middle East in Turkey as basturma, uh, it migrates west as far as Romania, where it's made with goose, because that's the cheap meat back then. It travels with Romanian Jewish immigrants to the United States, where the cheap meat in the U.S. is beef belly, not goose. It uh, Bastorma adds an I at the end, uh, like spaghetti or minestrone, because it's, it's sort of a way to make an ethnic food jolly, jovial, and friendly, and user-friendly. And uh, then it becomes a deli classic, pastrami, and now, you know, you find it at very pedigreed uh, restaurants, Feta Sal in Brooklyn. You know, I mean, they make amazing pastrami. So uh, I'm just, I'm fascinated by how dishes, how they travel through time and culture. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, also projectsmoke.org, which we'll be talking about here in a couple minutes. 
and we're talking about 2016 barbecue trends uh, that Stephen sees coming up in the industry. Here's one that I I really agree with because uh, you know beef prices we saw were rising and rising and right, and I was wondering how some of these you know very well known barbecue places, you know especially down the Austin area, were going to be able to kind of stay in business if they were going to be raising prices to keep uh, on pace with how the beef was rising. One of the ways around that or kind of a workaround is, is lesser-known steaks. It's not porterhouse. It's not T-bone. It's not strip steak. It's something else. It's like a chuck eye or you know, some of these other cuts that if you really take the time to learn, A, how to cook them and where to get them, uh, just as good as some of the, the more well-known meats. Absolutely. And that brings us to cuts like the, uh, the shoulder tender, the flat iron steak, <coughs> uh, flat meat from the uh, undercarriage of the steer. Um, uh, they're great steaks. They're full of flavor. Um, and, and, and invariably, we all know what's going to happen, right? There's, you know, brisket. When I started writing about brisket, it was dirt cheap. People were giving it away. Charlie Vargas, Vargas at uh, the Rendezvous, he got into the rib business because somebody gave him, a, a meat vendor gave him a couple of cases of, of ribs for absolutely free. Nobody could sell them for love or money. So, uh, but it's, you know, this is the lesser cuts also um, coupled with with sort of this incredible, almost anatomical knowledge of beef. Like in uh, Argentina, they have a cut. It's called the uh, uh, tapa de ojo. Now imagine a uh, a boneless ribeye steak, right? And you got the big nugget of meat in the center, and then you've got this cap on it that's kind of striated with fat and meat and fat and meat, incredibly luscious. Well, imagine if you just cut that fatty cap off, cut it into steaks and grill that. That is the, uh, the tapa de ojo. It's absolutely extraordinary. Never seen it in the U.S., by the way, but if you happen to be an Argentinian, you should be in Argentina, should visit Argentina, look for it. In regards to these lesser-known steaks, uh, is this something that you want to be going up to your butcher and asking them specifically about, or is it something that they're going to be putting out there for people to buy and consume? (coughs) Well, uh, it's funny you should mention that. I was at Whole Foods earlier this evening picking up dinner, and I saw a flat iron steak in in the Whole Foods meat section. So that to me says that, you know, when a chain with the, the uh, breadth and uh, distribution uh, and size of a Whole Foods starts selling these uh, one-time exotic cuts, you're going to see them everywhere. One of the other trends that you were talking about, Stephen, is you can smoke everything, even caviar. <coughs> yeah, and I guess I'm, uh, I'm sort of tip- tipping my, uh, my hand from uh, New Year's Eve because if you had been at the Reichland household, we bought some beautiful – salmon caviar, put it over ice, put it in a smoker, gave it just a gentle smoky patina of oak smoke. And it took salmon caviar, which is already extraordinary, and it turned it into, I mean, you felt like it it was like opera. It was like Da Vinci. It was like the Sistine Chapel on your tongue. Um, So I've never had caviar before in my life. Um, Well, what I want you to do... uh, Greg, immediately upon leaving the show. Now, uh, you know, uh, sturgeon caviar is just, uh, the price is astronomical. I started writing about caviar. I was uh, used to write about food and wine for, uh, for GQ magazine. 
And uh, back then you could afford sturgeon caviar, but salmon caviar, the Japanese called ikura. It's what you get when, uh, when you get ikura sushi at a sushi bar. Go to a Japanese market, buy a quarter pound of it, sit down with a spoon, just eat it right out of the jar. And next time, I mean, you will have such a radiant visage when I talk to you next time. Is it... Is there a a way to describe like the the palate and the and the flavor, or is it an experience? Well, it's both. I mean, first of all, you got these little perfect orbs of a wonderful salty, briny, slightly salmony flavor. Uh, it's a very tactile uh, uh, experience. You bite into it, and they kind of crunch, and it's sort of a softly gooey crunch, and it sort of squirts uh, fishy goodness, but fishy in a good way, you know, this wonderful, salty, briny goodness in your mouth. It's, it's really sensual. It's, uh, I would say it's like the, you know, if eating were sex, this would be the moment, the, the, the kind of happy moment, the happy right. ending. This is the, this is the crescendo, if you will. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, one of the other, uh, trends I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, I'm surprised that it, is carrying over this year because it's been everywhere the last two, three, four years is bacon 24-7. So do you really think it's going to, to keep the stronghold in the market as it has? Well, I do because it keeps morphing. And I think one thing that's happening is people are making bacon at home, which is something we never used to do before. But thanks to new smokers, and this is where an electric smoker really uh, can be a super aid. Um, and it's also reflected by the fact, again, Whole Foods, you know, they sell pork belly. I mean, used to be to get pork belly, you had to, you know, either go to the, the cross the tracks of the wrong side of town or put in a special order with your butcher. Um, some interesting things to do with bacon. I've got a, uh, it's a bacon bourbon apple crisp that we did on the show last year and it'll be in the book, uh, this year. Totally fabulous. Bacon bourbon, uh, where you infuse uh, bacon fat into uh, bourbon and then skim the fat off. Totally extraordinary. Uh, Stephen, there's some other uh, trends that you can find out if you visit Stephen's website, barbecuebible.com. You can see the the post that he made on 2016 trends. So go ahead and pick up on the ones that uh, we haven't covered here tonight. Uh, But I did want to talk to you quickly about uh, the new TV show season coming up, season two of Project Smoke. You're going out to Palm Strings. Are you allowed to give away any uh, topics that you might be covering or themes or anything like this as we uh, wait to see it as a uh, consumer of television? Oh, absolutely. Sure. So the first show we're going to tape, which will not be the first show in the sequence, but what I learned is you never want to tape your first show the first day. You want four or five days for everybody to get into the rhythm. It's called Smoking in a Hurry. Now, Usually smoking, we think low and slow. We think half a day, which is why a lot of people get intimidated. These are all dishes you can smoke in 10 minutes or less. Okay, so that's one show. Another show, and this is uh, it was the idea of my assistant and your fellow Clevelander, Nancy Lowski. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a whole show on smoked foods for breakfast. Uh, so that's going to be really cool. We have a show called Big Smoke. We're going to do honking big pieces of meat. Asian smoke, another show we're doing. We're going to look at how people smoke in China and throughout uh, throughout Asia. Wow. So uh, definitely hitting all the marks here for the upcoming season. When uh, when we'll be able to start seeing the shows as finished product? The, sh- the show, if all goes according to plan, the show will launch uh, Memorial Day uh, 2016. So. All right. 
uh, just a yeah. handful of months away. Great. Uh, we're talking with Stephen Reichlin, our third Tuesday of the month guest. Again, the website's barbecuebible.com and projectsmoke.org. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I love it. Uh, you're great. Your show is so smart. Your questions are so good. Thanks a lot, Greg. Thank you, Stephen. There he is, Stephen Reichlin, barbecuebible.com and projectsmoke.org. And he says, I'm smart. Well, he's not lying. Thank you, Stephen. He's a barbecue Hall of Famer. Has anybody had uh, caviar? I've never had it. Fish eggs have always, like, freaked me out. But, geez, he said it was like having sex in your mouth. What? Look out! All right, gang, if you're like me, you're always trying to think of ways to step up the barbecue and grilling game. No better or easier way to do that than by adding a little butcher barbecue to your arsenal. As we've mentioned here over the last couple weeks, a couple things that are new. A, the website. Check it out. ButcherBBQ.com. Also, shipping. $8. $8 for anything. 10 bottles, 20 bottles, 30 bottles, $8 flat rate shipping. Uh, on, on top of all of that, maybe you have been looking at how the United States Postal Service is uh, continuing to jack rates. So David is uh, above the norm here. Take advantage of the savings that he can pass along to you on the ship. A lot of people don't buy stuff on the Internet from barbecue people because they're scared, uh, scared of the shipping. Don't be a scared. It's okay. Eight bucks for anything. If you're looking for the go-to rubs and sauces, Dave's got some. You want to try them out? The sweet barbecue sauce is phenomenal. I always say at least buy a box of six because it's going to go quick, especially if you got multiple people in the house. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Dave is going to be having some new rubs that he is going to be releasing into the market. So we will uh, make sure we get Dave on sooner than later to talk about those and prep and hype and do all that stuff. And, of course, uh, the injections, the uh, prime injection, the beef injection, the pork injection, the bird boosters. It's all great stuff. How about grilling oils? Anybody else down with the grilling oils? Yeah. I know I've gotten some emails from the people that have won the grilling oils. One actually is a regular user. He just won some. Yeah. So, I mean, it's phenomenal. These are great specifically. I like them because, you know, obviously they taste great. But the thing that I find most valuable is the fact that the grilling oils are shelf-stable so they don't get hidden away in the refrigerator. For me, if it's hidden away, there's a very good chance I'll just forget to use it. Out of sight, out of mind, right? Not with the grilling oils. They stay right there on the counter, right by the stove, or right by the grill. You can use them again and again and again. Boom. Easy. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Stock up now. $8 shipping. Always trust your butcher. Come on. Always trust him. All right. We are back with CJ right after this for Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue. Stick around. Be right back. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All 
right, welcome back. This portion of the Barbecue Central show is uh, being brought to you by cookingpellets.com, your number one source for wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon. Amazon. Amazon.com to purchase as well. Uh, download the Cooking Pellets app. It will let you know when Amazon is going freak with the shipping. Okay? Every once in a while, Amazon gets all crazy and decides that they want to, you know, blow out the pellets by uh, reduced shipping or maybe there's free shipping for a little while, whatever. But you want to make sure you download that app from cooking pellets it is free and then it will let you know when the pellets are ready to go because who doesn't like to save a little bit on the shipping i get it i'm there we're waiting for clarence joseph of mama and papa joe's barbecue he competed in the hold em and hit em Houston, Texas barbecue event. 150 teams, by the way. This was a uh, state championship. Let me pop up my note. Let them know I'm ready. Thanks again to Stephen Reichlin for joining me as I was looking in the chat room. I was seeing people say, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Shop, who will be having on here shortly, says caviar is awesome. Sylvie Curry says yes, love salmon eggs. Jason King says no, I'm poor. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. It's just like one of those things. I, you know, for as for as much as I love to cook and be culinary, if you will. I'm very good at following recipes. I'm very good at taking directions and then making it happen from there. I'm even really good at just taking like a general outline and then honing it in from there. But for me to sit here and say, hey, I have no problem just like making a recipe up off the top of my head, eh, I mean, not really. And I've just never, I never, ever, ever had caviar growing up. Never. Get that big stuff out of here. Uh, what, what are you talking about, Mr. Man? Uh, Mom, is this you? Of course, it's me. Now, what are you talking about? We used to have caviar four times a week. You remember we would have it when your father was out on business because he didn't like it. Also, you would recall cream dried beef on toast and hamburger helper mac and cheese. You and your twin brother, you used to love it and eat it. Don't you tell these people that you don't eat caviar. You are not telling the truth. You're lying. Now stop it. All right. So evidently, I have had caviar. I don't... Somebody would say in my family, too, that I used to eat uh, beef liver. (laughs) 
I don't believe it. I don't believe I ever ate beef liver. If you had to eat one or the other, would you eat beef liver or would you eat caviar? I don't know. That might be that might be a tough choice. Hey, Clarence. Good. Clarence. Hey. What's happening, baby? I'm here, man. There he is. CJ, if you had to make a choice between eating uh, beef liver or caviar, which one are you eating? I am a beef liver man. Yeah, all right. I will, uh, Look at you. All that fancy smancy, uh, not, not, not the biggest fan. Give me something that I'm accustomed to. I will definitely uh, scarf down the beef liver. How you doing, baby? I'm doing very well. All right, uh, CJ. So we have... Our uh, first kind of like contest under our belt here for the uh, reality TV radio show of uh, Barbecue Central. We're following Mama and Papa Joe's all competition season this year. And Hold 'em and Hit 'em took place in Houston, Texas this past weekend. 150 teams. Uh, Keith Knee from AAA Cookers ends up taking uh, grand champion. So I guess, you know, from your perspective, uh, Clarence, recap of the weekend and just kind of an overall thought of uh, how you cooked this weekend. Uh, great weekend. Uh, you know, the wife and I had a, an awesome time, and uh, uh, we really uh, thought we turned in some uh, an, an excellent product. Uh, over over the holidays, I spent some time uh, doing a little practicing, doing a little experimenting, uh, and uh, really would have liked to have cooked off, kicked off the, uh, the, the year uh, with some better results, but uh, didn't happen. 150 teams, and uh, these are the types of uh, events that, are, that, are, that we like. We love these types of events. Lots of teams, uh, including uh, 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 the vast majority of some of the best teams in Texas. Uh, we, uh, this is a, an event that we struggle at in the past. And, uh, once again, uh, we struggled to some degree, you know, uh, I ended up with a third best, uh, rib, but, uh, the chicken and the brisket disappointed, uh, at, at turning, uh, we really felt good about them. Uh, one of our better products, uh, but, uh, in this game, uh, you just never know what to expect. You know, the people will speak in, in, in the end. Clarence, let me but, ask you. Uh, this was a well-attended uh, event. Uh, like I said, some of the, some of the best teams. So, uh, anytime you're able to walk in uh, one of these types of events, uh, you've got to uh, be satisfied with that walk. So that third uh, rib was our best, and uh, we're happy with it. Clarence, let me ask you a question. And by the way, we're talking with Pitmaster of Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue Team, uh, Clarence Joseph, a team that we're going to be following in the 2016 season. Uh, you know, when we were talking in a lead up, and you just mentioned here a couple minutes ago, historically you haven't done well at hold 'em and hit 'em. Is it a pride thing that, that keeps you going back? You kind of hone it, and you're just like, hey, okay, the last couple of years weren't that good, so this year, 2016, we're going to come and, and we're going to be blazing both barrels. Um, or, or can you experience enough disappointment at an event to say, all right, well, maybe next year. We're going to steer clear and, and look to do something else, or we'll just wait one more before we jump into the season. It'll never happen on our on my watch, Greg. Uh, I'm going to continue cooking this event. I'm going to force feed these uh, these judges until they uh, until they accept that uh, 
my product is best. Uh, I've got several of these types of events. Uh, we've got several of these types of events across uh, Texas uh, where we don't uh, do very well. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would probably be happy, satisfied with that third place ribs, 150 teams. But uh, at this stage of uh, our cook-off uh, career, I, uh, we, we like to expect more. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've got the bar set pretty high and uh, we expect a little more. Uh, once again, like I said, you know, great products. And uh, I feel that in, in another uh, at another event, these products would have would have spoken uh, a little a little uh, a little more uh, loudly. But uh, people have spoken and we've got to accept it for what it is. So, I mean, can, can you do you just go back and say it's a, it's a flavor profile that there specifically the judges don't seem to like? Is it a tenderness in a, in a cooking thing? What I mean, I know as a pitmaster, you want to be able to point your fingers on stuff so it doesn't happen again and again. But what do you think? You know, specifically, was the issue here? I honestly think uh, I know uh, I've got a real good idea of uh, of the issue with the chicken. Uh, you know, I've tasted I've tasted a, a number of chickens across the uh, across the the board uh, from this event, and uh, I uh, we feel that uh, they were looking for something a little sweeter in in, in the chicken. Uh, our chicken tends to be uh, a little more uh, in your face, slap your tongue type uh, uh, aggressive. And uh, it might have been a little too much in terms of the aggressiveness. Uh, next year, when uh, we come back to this event, I will definitely back down that aggressiveness and uh, make it a little uh, make it a little sweeter. That brisket. Uh, I will, I will, I will cook that brisket, cook off in and cook off out, and I guarantee you that that brisket uh, will uh, will stand up amongst uh, uh, my fellow uh, cookers' briskets. Uh, there was absolutely nothing wrong with that brisket. I will be cooking that brisket uh, the rest of the year. Absolutely. Uh, is is the chicken a a recipe that you have? Use, did you use the same one there last year? And did anybody say, "Hey, by the way, you, you know, it, it was too, it wasn't sweet enough, or, or anything like that"? Or this is something you're learning this time around? Uh, my chicken has been, uh, our chicken has been uh, extremely steady. So uh, no, I have not changed it from last year. Uh, but uh, and and last year it didn't hit as well. It didn't hit as well. So next year, my chicken is going to be a little sweeter at uh, at Hold'em and Hit'em. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, changing recipes, uh, we've been we've been happy with all three of our products. So uh, there are minor tweaks here and there, but uh, uh, that bird. Uh, the only thing I think was uh, required that I didn't do was uh, that little sweeter. That little sweeter. Uh, last year, I had a first place brisket at this event. So I went from a first place to uh, to a no show, you know. Uh, but hey, it is what it is, you know. That's that's the, that's the game we play, and uh, we we expect that there are going to be uh, events like this. But like I said, a third place would would satisfy a lot of cooks. Uh, but uh, I was def- definitely uh, disappointed uh, with this uh, with this overall result. We're talking with Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's barbecue team. Uh, he's one of the teams we're following this year in 2016. 
Uh, we didn't get into this, uh, I don't know, at all last time when we were kind of laying the foundations, but uh, as you're creeping out into the start of 2016 uh, for competitions, uh, what are you using for flavors on brisket, uh, chicken, and the ribs? I am a firm believer in uh, in layering, Greg. Uh, we tend to go uh, with a little salty uh, as my base as my base uh, layer. Uh, then I will come back with something a little more herbaceous, not quite as much salt, not quite as much sugar. Uh, and then my third layer uh, will definitely be something sweeter. Uh, even on my brisket, my final layer has uh, has some sugar in it uh, as opposed to the other two. So I'm looking for more of a, sla- a, a savory uh, product with uh, some heat on that back end. And it, it tends to be a gentle heat, nothing that's going to uh, cause you to, to reach for uh, the milk or anything. But it's a, it's a, it's a nice lingering heat that, that, uh, that people love. So uh, my overall flavor profile tends to be uh, savory as opposed to uh, in-your-face uh, or, or as opposed to too salty or too sweet. Uh, I like I like that term uh, middle ground. So uh, we've we 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 stumble upon a, a middle ground uh, for all three of these primary meats uh, here in Texas. In regards to the specific rubs that you're using, are they ones that you make in the kitchen, or are they readily available to buy on the internet or stores? Uh, over the holidays, I told I mentioned earlier that uh, I did some experimenting and some practicing. And uh, I did finally create uh, my own uh, brisket rub. Uh, loved it at the house. And that is what I rolled uh, into hold him and hit him with uh, on that brisket. And I will tell you, uh, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, again, it was a no-show, but uh, I feel uh, uh, that with time, this brisket is going to come forward uh loud and proud absolutely so there's no discouragement at feeling that good about it rolling into a huge event right off the bat and getting smacked around a little bit there's no uh, disappointment in the fact that you were so high on the rub but the judges didn't necessarily feel the same way nah that that will probably come in another five or six cook-offs if i was to uh continue cooking that brisket with these with these same results uh it would absolutely uh be disappointing but uh, I really, really, really feel that's not going to happen, you know. Uh, and and I'll, I'll be honest, uh, four or five years ago, I would have walked away pissed off. And uh, the wife will vouch for that. But I, I've come a long way in, in understanding uh, that uh, what you think is good uh, isn't necessarily what the people are going to think is good, you know. Uh, it's, it's all about uh, the people. And uh, once you, you've really uh, uh, internalized the fact that competition barbecue is just so subjective, uh, you understand that uh, something that gets you a first place this week uh, might not uh, even uh, register next week. So it's one of those things where uh, you just got to find that middle ground that I continue to speak of. and. Uh, uh, once you find that middle ground, more often than not, uh, you're going to be in the mix uh, when it comes down to uh, the, the overall finish. 
Clarence, uh, are you guys going to be competing again soon? Or uh, I know you had a, a class coming up as well. Uh, the, yes. Uh, matter of fact, uh, I've got a class this weekend. And then uh, we roll uh, we roll out on Tuesday. We're headed to Florida to cook uh, Sonny's uh, Invitational Showdown. So we're going to roll out of here, uh, out of Texas on Tuesday, getting into uh, Florida on uh, Wednesday. We're going to sit back, relax uh, Wednesday and Thursday, uh, visit Orlando, do some of the sightseeing, and uh, get ready for business uh, uh, Friday and uh, Saturday. Really looking forward to that cook. Uh, there's some big-name cooks uh, coming off the KCBS circuits. Uh, so this is going to be a very, very interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, this event in uh, Florida. All right, so we're going to look forward to that recap uh, after it's all said and done. And we're talking with Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue. Uh, Clarence, always appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Hey, Greg, absolutely. I appreciate it. Hey, I need uh, your address. Uh, we've got some shirts for you, and uh, we're going to make that happen. The minute you send us uh, that address, we'll make that happen, baby. Good all to right. hear from you. You got it. There he is, Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue. Somebody's getting schwagaliches, baby. Yeah. If it's free, it's me. Rule free of the show, right? Rule free. If it's free, it's me. So you're going to be seeing a Clarence Joseph Mama and Papa Joe's barbecue uh, shirt on this person sooner than later. Speaking of that, Chops Power Injector System. How about that? Last year, it was the National Barbecue Association's Tool of the Year. So, there was a special going on as well that I want to tell you about. Top secret right now, Amazon free shipping for anything chops. So, if you go to Amazon.com, which I would recommend going to my website first, the BBQCentralShow.com, and then clicking on Amazon.com at the top there. And then search for Chops Power Injector System. And then BBQ Central 2016, all one word. BBQ Central 2016, free Amazon shipping. Or if you go to barbecuekansascity.com and or send Dan Uladol an email and mention free shipping with the code BBQ Central 2016 in your email. If you uh, send him an email directly through the website, you'll get free shipping there as well. Now, Here's what you can get. The half-gallon CHOPS power injector system or the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system. They work the same. One holds, obviously, double the amount of the other one. But they're so easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, away you go. If you have just one brisket or a pork shoulder, you don't have to fill it all the way up. You can just put in what you need. It will use it all. The one-gallon system... You can do like uh, Memphis Barbecue Network style whole hog injections, or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. That's going to work better. Then you have the full electric version. Doesn't have a holding tank like the other two. It has a one and a half foot pickup tube. Sorry, it has a uh, three, wait, three and a half foot pickup tube. You can put it in any size container from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum. It works on both. Also, if you like to inject watermelon with grain alcohol, this will do it as well. Holla to my alcoholics in the audience. 
every injector handmade in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. If you want accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, they can hook you up with that. They have two, three, and four-inch 12-gauge needles. Also, a two-inch clothes-tip needle, perfect for shooting fatty meats. They have a great upgrade you can make to buy your CHOPS injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. What? Yes. Go to BarbecueKansasCity.com right now. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com. And you, my friend, will be like, man, how did I ever inject without this? First thing I said, I can't believe I've been injecting with one single needle. I mean, unless you're Chris Lilly and you got the whole thing. Who does that? Nope. BarbecueKansasCity.com. We're back right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right. We're going to uh, quickly turn around here to uh, make sure we stay on time here for top of the second hour. Thanks again to CJ, Clarence Joseph from Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue, recounting uh, Hold'em and Hit'em this past weekend. Uh, disappointing overall result. Good ribs show. He said third overall, so that's good. Uh, happy with the brisket. Uh, ribs. So we're going to stay the course. Class is coming weekend and then rolling out to Florida the following week. So we'll see how he does in that style of competition. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to following CJ all year long. All right, we'll step away and uh, be back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Hi, this is Scott Greenia from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty DeQ, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? We have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead. He's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? We ate two feet before we learned. So listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. A lot of emails and texts from people saying that uh, they love the fact that my mom called in uh, unsolicited. Listen here. Uh, Don't. You need to give the people what they want. I'm happy to call in and sit in with you uh, and help your show out. I mean, come on. You're doing this eight years, son, and you're still in your basement. I don't want to give you tough love in front of your friends, but, uh, you know, you're not on the real radio. 
you're in your basement, whether you finished it or not. I mean, what are we doing over here? You spend all that money. You spend your father's money on that college, and where are you? In your basement talking to people. Come on, shake yourself. Get, a, get yourself out there and go to work, sir. Go to work. That's all. All right, thank you, Mom. Giving it, doling it out tonight. Wow. Mom is doling it out tonight. If anybody else needs tough love, you just let her know. She'll she'll let you have it with both barrels. That's the mom I grew up with. Tough love, yelling. Wow. Crazy. Um, Where am I? Thanks again to Clarence Joseph for joining me. Sure, my air sign. Uh, still to come on the night uh, on the show tonight, Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli uh, as we kind of reset and uh, <laughs> Matt. Matt uh, is it Matt Hanose? Hanose weekday wagon ride. Uh, Matt obviously paying um, mucho attention to the show. And realizing, you know, last week I was drinking sparkling apple juice. And it was delicious, delicious. And I said, hey, you know, come work week, I am not going to be, I'm going on the wagon. So, you know, hey. It is a, it's a ride some of us need to take during the week. And it's no problem. What can I tell you? I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Matt. All right, Tim Shop coming up in about 11 minutes from now. I saw this on Facebook middle of last week, and I don't know how many people follow. Uh, I didn't see it like directly from the restaurant, if you will, but uh, I saw it from people that have gone through the restaurant in, in, in the ranks phase, if you will. Uh, but I wanted to mention it real quick uh, real quick on this show. Sorry, also coming up tonight, uh, can a seventh grader say it for your chance to win uh, Butcher Barbecue Grilling Oil? So if you want to play, can a seventh grader say it? Uh, be sure to get ready to call in around 1035 tonight or so. Also, video of the uh, studio being completed. Great stuff to check out tonight. So... I want to mention this real quick here before we get to Tim Shop. There is a place called the East Coast Grill, owned and operated by, in my opinion, and I believe in many others, a, a renowned chef, Chris Slasinger, closing its doors after a 30-year run. Chris wrote on one of the most popular barbecue and grilling books ever, entitled Thrill of the Grill. He made a few appearances on this show in years past. I really enjoyed the conversations that we had. But more importantly, I think if you go back through, you know how uh, NFL teachers or NFL coaches have, you know, their uh, tree. So you have Bill Belichick and then you have all the people that worked under him and then they kind of sprout off and then those people kind of sprout. So if you go underneath the tree of Chris Slasinger, you can really see that he has kind of spawned off 
some of the very big notable names in the barbecue world, uh, two of which, Chris Hart from IQ, a force to be reckoned with uh, not only in the nation as far as competition barbecue, but of course in the Northeast, uh, multiple time uh, Jack Daniels participant, uh, won that event as well. So uh, Chris is very accomplished. You see Chris on television competing now. Also another guy who is a... um, personal favorite of mine i got to know him originally through a reality tv show called hell's kitchen with gordon ramsay uh, andy husbands and he and chris hart uh, work on the the uh, had worked on iq team uh, for you know a number of years i don't know if they were always on the, the team together every single time but uh, when andy could get out there then he would uh, help chris out and then, of course, uh, writing the books that those two have written. Countless others, I'm sure, have gone through the East Coast Grill, gotten the Chris Slasinger training, uh, gotten that kind of tutelage and guidance from a guy who was really and, and continues to be cutting edge in the industry. His operation ran on wood-fired grills. So, like, now... And that was one of uh, Stephen Reichland's trends, actually. Uh, wood-fired grills in restaurants. Chris Slasinger's East Coast Grill was running on wood-fired grills, you know, back in the day before it even started to become popular. And it was unheard of then. Uh, people cooking in uh, on uh, wood-fired grills. I mean, you have to know what you're doing there. It's not just like gas. You can turn it down or turn it up. Uh, you got to know where the hot spots on the fire are. You got to know how to cook, you know, move the meat here, move these, sear it off, get indirect, this, that, and the other thing. That was completely unheard of back when he was doing East Coast Grill. And now, uh, as I said, you're seeing it gain more and more popularity across the food landscape. So, Chris, a true visionary when it came to live fire cooking and helped this industry evolve into what it is today. So I want to pass my congratulations to Chris on a 30-year run. I mean, how many restaurants do you know that have been around for 30 years? One owner, the guy that opened it, is the guy that closing it. This isn't a restaurant that was doing very well for itself, and then he sold it, and then whoever the buyer was kind of ran it into the ground and put it out of business. Nothing like that. Original owner opened it, original owner closing it, and boom kind of riding off into the sunset, if you will. Uh, And I don't think he's necessarily retiring. And I've reached out to Chris to have him back on the show to kind of talk about uh, where the next chapter of uh, food takes him. But uh, the East Coast Grill, uh, a wildly successful 30-year run. Um, Patrick Paquette uh, in the New England area saying that the people in Boston are mourning and have been, uh, you know, here over the last week or so. Good luck, Chris. Whatever you're going to be doing moving forward, I would imagine, is going to be just as successful as the East Coast Grill was. So, uh, you know, whatever that is you're going to be doing, moving on to, uh, we wish you nothing but the best. And a a sincere, on my part, congratulations on not only the success and the 30-year run of the restaurant, but spending time here with this show uh, over its lifespan, uh, talking about the book. And uh, Thrill of the Grill was just one of, like, four or five books that he's written here over the last handful of years. So, 
Uh, if you love buying barbecue and grilling books and you aren't familiar, like I said, I think Thrill of the Grill is one of the most popular. And um, when people say, what book should I read about grilling? Uh, Thrill of the Grill is always one of the ones that I'm spitting out and that I hear people talking about all the time. So if you haven't read it yet, it reads just as well as it did when it came out like in 95 or, or 96, I think it was. And uh, a spectacular read, great insight from a guy who was uh, really kind of a, a visionary cutting edge as, uh, as he goes. So uh, once again, congratulations to Chris Lasinger for uh, the success of the East Coast Grill. And uh, hopefully you are uh, moving on to whatever it is that you want to do. And uh, success uh, hopefully follows you uh, with whatever that endeavor is. All right, uh, let's go ahead and make room for Tim Shop coming up on uh, Tim's Full Belly Deli. Coming up after this, by the way. Big Papa Smokers, folks, is the one-stop online shop for anyone interested in barbecue. The number one dealer of Mac Pellet Grills in the world. Big Papa Smokers features a wide selection of American-made grills and smokers, such as the Old Hickory Ace BP, Gateway Drum Smokers, even a drum kit that gets you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has also made a name for itself in recent years by crafting award-winning line of championship rubs that have won almost every major barbecue competition ever now at this point. Don't think that they can be pigeonholed into just competitive barbecue. BJ's Restaurant and Brew House so smitten with the rubs that four of the nine are now on their permanent menu. Let me tell you something. They're in my pantry. They should be in everybody's pantry. Big Papa's also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Also, they have a meat locker. Top quality meats from Snake River Farm ship right to your door. The American Kobe beef, the Caribou pork, the Double R Ranch meats. Big Papa's meat locker has something for everybody. Committed to bringing you the best barbecue flavor, so go to their store. See what they are going to be bringing new to the market like they did last year with Swamp Boy Sauce, a fine swine sauce, and Granny's Barbecue Sauce. The BPS Elite Team is back as well, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, Big Papa's doing all this with only five or six years of being in the business, turning the competition barbecue world on its head, providing customers with the very best barbecue products, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokes. The website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. All right. You want it, you got it. And from what I can tell in the chat room, who knows if he's even going to be able to hear me. Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli. We're resetting from last week, so we're going to get the full deal on the background and where we're looking to go with them on 2016's competition journey. So stick around for Tim Shop and Tim's Full Belly Delis. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Haiti Ho. 216-220-0966, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Your ways to get in touch with me should you see fit. All right, let's try this again. Uh, my first guest tonight in the second hour will be uh, following the entire 2016 season. Uh, they're in that 15 to 25 event range, as is uh, Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue. They finished ninth overall in the KCBS Team of the Year last year. And are searching for uh, potentially higher finishes this coming season in 2016. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and uh, welcome back Tim Shop to the show of Tim's Full Belly Deli. Tim, how are you, buddy? Doing pretty good, Greg. Tim, appreciate you uh, making time again for the show tonight, and I apologize for the uh, the, the timing issues that we had last week. So uh, we can kind of you know use that as a as a one off and kind of toss it away here, and uh, we'll start back anew this evening. And, and I guess for you know people that don't know uh, Tim's Full Belly Deli, or uh, we have some new listeners to the show, kind of looking to to follow the competition scene or get into it. Uh, you know, a little bit of background about yourself. Uh, you know, what do you do, like, for a day job type of thing? Or are you doing barbecue full-time, you know, things like that? No, I'm a, I'm a Department of Defense contractor, transportation contractor for armored and military equipment. We, uh, we have 25 to 30 trucks. They haul uh, military equipment to all the American bases, of course and overseas, South Korea, Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, anywhere there's a theater battle. Uh, Tim, do you have uh, do you have the computer up behind you? Yes. Yeah, hit the mute button there. I'm hearing myself back. Got it. All right, perfect. Um, so, uh, trucking guy, so how does trucking guy turn into barbecue guy? Well, I was a single parent for 10, 15 years, so of course I had to cook. I got into smoking, playing around grilling, smoking. I uh, went to a, went to a uh, my wife sent me to a uh, $25 cooking class at a local barbecue store with some local celebrities. I uh, kind of got hooked, bought a Weber Smoky Mountain. Set out 15 degrees cooking. Got kind of sick of it. Bought a Traeger. Started cooking more and more. Went back to the barbecue store, joined the barbecue club, and was asked to go to a barbecue throwdown. KCBS style, four meets, 15 teams. Uh, Adam and I went. Diane went and set up an easy up, took our Traeger, and uh, we got second in one, third in another. We ended up fourth overall out of 15, and we were hooked. We uh, we asked some friends of ours to take us to a KCBS comp, 57 teams. We ended up 56, got our ass kicked. <laughs> we probably would have been 57th, but he DQ'd his pork. I wanted to say to hell with it and throw everything away, and we got talked into... Sticking to it, and 
made a phone call to Jack's Old South. Well, I, I sent an email to Jack's Old South because they didn't have a telephone number. Wanted to talk to somebody there, and half hour later, got a call from Myron Mixon. And he gave me 20 minutes, and I told him what happened and what I wanted to do, and he told me to enter another contest in Libertyville, Illinois, 60-some teams. <clears throat> he says, well, I'll make you a deal. You pick a meet, I'll help you with it for the next week or two. And uh, if you get in the top ten, you come, you bring your team to my class. We went to it, 40-mile-an-hour wind, 40 degrees, froze our ass off. Ended up with a fifth in brisket. And before we were out of the parking lot, we had an email saying $750 per person January 12, 2012, and we went to the class. We went to the class, uh, loaded a 48-inch water smoker in the back of my pickup truck and brought it home and started practicing, and that's where we started the 2012 season. So you fast-forward ahead, uh, you know, now three, four years. Um, did, did you, you know, typically, Tim, when I'm talking to guys about how they got into it, you know, it, it's a similar way of getting in, but they didn't turn around and kind of get smacked down like you did. Usually they get a call or they might've came in reserve or grand and, and, and the hook is set at that point. So, you know, you're a little bit different than some of the guys that I've uh, talked to in the past and women, by the way. So, you know, over the last, you know, three or four years, how have you attacked, you know, the growth and the, the, and trying to, to gain the success of competitions that you're entering in? I have to say that 90% of it is practice and teamwork. You have to have a team. And I don't mean you have to have a bunch of guys that get go around drinking. And we do that, believe me. We're doing it a lot less now than we used to, but we're known for it. Uh, we, can go to, we go to comps, and the first thing that they say with the curfew is, that means you, Tim's full belly deli. <laughs> but <clears throat> I have to say this, Adam... And Diana, outside of our uh, November comp that we usually go to in uh, Georgia, we always pick a comp in November, December to go to in Georgia. Adam has been there every comp, all 63, and Di has been there every one except the guys and the guys only one in uh, Georgia. And you need a team, and you need to understand each other, and you need to practice. Um, you know, it's been uh, 35 below here with the wind chill. I've got pork butts pulled and ribs. I'll do a rib cook tomorrow and a and a pork and a and a, a rib cook tomorrow and a pork butt cook the next day. And when Adam gets back, we'll be trying uh, we'll be trying ribs on our new drum. And uh, we practice. We practice. We also uh, we talk to people. You know, I, I I'm not going to uh, <clears throat> I'm not going to say it's all us cooking. I mean, we've got we've made some very good friends. Uh, Mike Kelly from QU, QU Smoking Crew. Uh, Matt's out here now, but Matt and Mark, we got a couple pointers from, from chicken, for chicken at the Royal two years ago. Uh, Darren Warth, Mike Wozniak from QL. Little stuff. Uh, not recipes, technique. And uh, always give you, they give you enough to get you going, but uh, they don't give you the final answer. You have to find it yourself. And I think that's it. I think it's the practice. And I think it's the simplicity of it. I think I think people have made barbecue too intense, 
and it got away from the fact that barbecue was a, a poor people's meal that was very simple. That That's an interesting point that you make, Tim, and, and I wonder, I think there's probably, uh, if pressed to, to give an answer on that, more people would tend to think that they don't like the way it is now, but they don't see a way to not do it like it is now. To the point where if you ask 100 people, is this the barbecue you cook in your backyard that you're turning into the judges, you know, probably 90 to, to 95% of them are going to say, oh, no, there's no way I would you know, cook any of what I'm doing at a competition and, and serve it for a, a thing in the backyard. Which to me is, you know, odd, but I understand that you have to, you know, make a, a very quick and, uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a poppy flavor profile on the judge's palate because they're only going to maybe take a bite or two. But do you do you ever, do you see a, a possible revert back to how barbecue was, you know, 15 years ago or something along those lines where it was who can make the worst meat the, or the, the bad meat the best? Or do you see it growing in a, in a spot where it's going to continually be more precise and more precise and these kind of higher end meats and these kind of more expensive cookers and things like this? Here, here, I think every team starting out tries everything. Phosphates, nitrates, injecting, <clears throat> all of the BS that's going around. I believe after you get into it, you get to the point that you say, <clears throat> there's got to be a simpler way to do this. I had, uh, I had a couple guys tell me, and it all came down to, it all came down to this. Uh, Mike Wozniak. Mike Kelly, Buzz Dean, if you cook your meat perfect, if you concentrate on cooking the meat, it is a meat contest, you can throw a sweet baby razor open pit on it, and you can win a contest. And, and I truly believe that. I have seen guys win contests with combinations that I never thought would win, but their meat was perfect. Uh, Teams right now competing. Travis, Dave Qualls, Darren Warth, Mike Wozniak. One week they're in Las Vegas and they win. Two weeks later they're in Florida and they win. I don't believe that the flavor profile thing is as important as cooking to me. And that's where, obviously, the, the practice coming in, cook the meat perfect, work on profile second then? Yes, cook the meat perfect. You're just hiding it with sauces and rubs and cook the meat perfect. You know, we, we get a lot of, there's a lot of joking going around. You know, Adam runs the pit. <clears throat> Adam runs the pit for one reason. It's very hard, and I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people right here, but it's very hard to find <laughs> young people who have a work ethic. Adam has a work ethic. If you want people to work on your team, give them something to do. He wants to be on the pit, he's on the pit. Diana and I take care of preparing everything all week. He's on the road. I'll, I'll play chemist. I'll play with the rubs, the sauces, the whole works. I'll get that set up, and I'll take the heat if we screw up. But I wouldn't want anybody else on the pit but Adam. That's his job. That's what he does, and he does it great. And he knows he doesn't care what it tastes like. He's only looking 
to cook the meat perfect. And that's what I want. Maybe that's why we're, we've been so lucky as a team. There's there seems to have been a trend here over the last couple of years, Tim. And you'd said you know the things that are most important to you: cook the meat perfect, don't worry about the flavor profile first, and having a team. Now that didn't mean seven or eight guys, but you know one or two or, or whoever. But there seemed to have almost been a trend of uh, teams that are single people. They are the pitmaster, they're the chemist, they're the, the the guys that are you know getting the logistics all set up, and. Where, you know, a couple years prior to that, it was at least two or three people, and I'd seen Gus up to seven or eight, kind of. But then it had pared down to where it wasn't just, you know, like a husband and wife team or, you know, two buddies. It was just one guy. You know, uh, Dave Bosca comes to mind, um, and there's a couple other guys I'm not going to be able to think oh, of hey, right hey, off hey, the top of my Mark, head. Mark Rasmussen, Richard Parker. Sure. Uh, you know, you know, there's, a, there's a lot of them. Do you, do you see? We've had, as many, we've had as many as ten, Greg. Do, do you we, see? We found now that four works the best. Do, so, for would you be concerned if you know Adam couldn't go and, and Diana couldn't go, and it was just you know Tim Shop going to be cooking this one? No, no, because everything we do in the cook, we do together. We get laughed at because we got eight people standing in there at turning boxes. We all get involved. When Adam's on the road, I've got smokers going, so I cook on them. If we had to, I wouldn't worry about it. I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. We cross-train each other. We know what we're, what's expected, and we know what we do. The reason we take a lot of we got a 40-foot trailer. I'm 62 years old. I've got bad knees. I've had two heart attacks. I've got diabetes. We need help. Adam's on the smoker with Aaron. Guy and I are preparing, getting stuff ready, breaking down a trailer. You know, I, I, I mean, we, we use four people. If I was going to do it myself, I'd grab a couple drums, and I'd do it myself to make it easier on me. But with what we've got for equipment, four people work the best, and uh, I don't think anything would stop Adam. If we had a comp on Saturday, Adam's right now, as you know, he was on uh, – on Chad's show earlier, he's down with some friends of ours in Florida. He delivered Florida on Monday, and he's waiting to find a load back. If he told me if he told me he didn't have a load, and we had a comp on Saturday, Adam would go in his pocket and fly back. He's not going to miss a comp. But that's part of the team. I've seen teams where four separate guys are cooking, each cooking a separate meat. Yep. They don't know what each other's cooking. Ours is right out in the open. We know exactly what it, what everybody's supposed to do, and uh, and it works. And I'll tell you what, we don't have the Chinese fire drill during a comp. We don't have computers written and everything written down in a com- everything in a computer. We don't use mavericks. We don't use gurus. We do it the old-fashioned way. And, and, and I hate to say it because he takes a lot of shit, but we learned that at the Byron Mixon class. You know, his idea of kiss, keep it simple, stupid, I think is the way to do it. Uh, People have gone away from simple barbecue. I mean, I understand levels of flavor, and and I understand all that, but I don't think it has to be as intense as people make it. Is Myron's class then more of a how to cook the meat perfect versus, you know, all the different 
sauces well, I, think and ropes. I think he's more than meat. I think the good thing, the best, best thing he's got going for me, as I discussed with you last week, I sent 15 guys down there this week. I mean, 15 people from up here went to Myron's class. I didn't get one negative vibe from that, from the, from any of the people. They enjoyed it and would go back. Adam, I loaded for Florida so he could stop in there on Sunday. And, uh, it's one of the only classes where they hand you the meat. You, you trim chicken, you trim ribs, you trim pork, you trim brisket, and then they cook it and you taste it. And I throw classes myself. I don't even go that far. I, I, I don't spend that kind of money to do it. I let, I let one guy come up and help. But there, there's a big thing to being hands-on having a guy looking over your shoulder and cutting the meat yourself than watching a guy in a mirror. Tim Shop joining me here on the show, pitmaster of uh, Tim's Full Belly Deli. Uh, Tim, where, where did you come up with the name, Tim's Full Belly Deli? About 10, 10 years ago, um, we have a few campers, 40-foot campers, and we had one in a small Amish town west of here. And... Uh, Every Friday night, we'd, every Saturday night, Adam and I and the family and my daughters, I've got a large family, we'd cook for the family. We had a smoker out there and a event grill, a flat-top grill. And pretty soon neighbors in the campground would say, hey, I'll join you next week. What can I bring? And it got to be 40, 50 people every Saturday night. And we had an old skinny guy named Don, 70-some years old. If you looked at him, you'd think he'd choke on a half a cheeseburger. <laughs> he'd come, and the guy could eat three, three two-inch slices of prime rib. Wow. And he gave us a name. He said, Tim's Full Belly Deli. And it stuck. And when we started a barbecue team, that's what we used. Uh, Tim, in regards to last season, uh, you know, what did you like that you were doing, and, and what did you guys discuss after – you know, King of the Smoker, looking into to 2016, what did you talk about, if anything, you know, tweaks that you were going to be looking to make as you, you know, go into the foray of the 2016 season? Well, we had some problem with ribs, and we figured it was our new cooker. We had been cooking on a 48-inch Myron mixing with two shelves. We added some shelves, some slots, and some shelves to it, and realized that when we got to the wrapping stage of the ribs and the chicken was on at the same time, we were getting reflection and heat off of the others, and that's what was causing burning of our ribs. We actually got an answer. Adam found an answer for it by accident at King of the Smoker when he switched positions of the ribs out of Myron mixing smoker. And they came out beautiful. And uh, the tweaks we're going to do, uh, very few. We have actually stuck with our Myron Mixon recipe with a very few tweaks from our class four years ago on brisket and pork. Um, we were one of the first here. We, uh, I could not see sitting and spending time scraping skin and trimming chicken thighs. It started to become a job, and this is a hobby. So we went to drumsticks. And the first comp we did drumsticks was Westmont two years ago. We took a second in chicken and ended up with our first grand. Wow. And we've never gone away from it, so we're going to try to perfect our drumsticks. But otherwise, I don't see many tweaks. What we're doing is we're loading, we're loading up April, May, and June. I think we've got nine contests scheduled in 10 weeks. 
starting with the last week of April. We're going to see where we are. If we have any success like last year, I believe Adam will agree that we're going to load it up and go for we're going to go for the team of the year. Tim, I know I didn't anticipate this, but uh, we're having a great conversation here. Can I hold you over through a break and we can uh, do another segment? All right, stand by. We're talking with Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli. We'll grab him here after I talk to you quickly about Cook Shack. The philosophy with Cook Shack, folks, is a, a reflection of its origins of a small family-owned business. Cook Shack manufactures electric smokers that use wood chunks, wood-burning pellet-fired smoker ovens, pellet-fired uh, charbroilers, and pellet grills. So whether you smoke or grill a lot, or a little, Cook Shack has a unit that will do the job for you. They also sell accessories, sauces, rubs, woods, and pellets to use in the ovens and grills. Now, in addition to its employees in Ponca City, Oklahoma, Cook Shack has an integrated dealer and distributor network to help sell their products throughout the U.S. and internationally. Cook Shack's offering classes, online recipes, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website, cookshack.com. Their social media groups on Facebook, the Twitter, Pinterest, Google's, and LinkedIn, get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue form. On the competition circuit, of course, Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champs. The FEC 100 is most popular, followed by smokers and grill and one. The Fast Eddies by Cook Shack, PG 1500. These pellet grills can smoke on the indirect side and grill on the direct side and are popular with both competition cooks and residential customers like me. Cook Shack's residential electric smokers are number one in the industry for smokers. They use small wood chunks to get smoky flavor that you crave. These are durable units with many customers using them now over 30 years. My dad has one. He absolutely loves it. Your purchase comes with Cook Shack's unconditional 30-day money-back guarantee. Buy and use any Cook Shack product, and if you're not 100% satisfied, return it within 30 days for a refund credit or replacement. Who's doing that? In other words, cook on it all you want. And if for some reason in that first 30 days you don't like it, you can send it back and get your money back. They continue to develop and improve their products with an inspiration of Smoke and Made Simple. For more information about Cook Shack, call them, 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or you can visit their website, at cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. All right, we're back with Tim Shop and Tim's Full Belly Deli right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. We're talking with Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli. Thanks for uh, hanging with me through the bank there, Tim. And let's go ahead and kind of, you know, finish tying up 2015. You finished ninth overall in 2015. 40th chicken, uh, 10th pork, 19th brisket, 117th in ribs, which we talked about. And uh, you just said before we went to break that, you know, if if the point arises this season where team of the year is something that makes sense and, and to make the run that you're going to do it. So uh, you're not going into this season 
to do that specifically if you're setting up for it, though, you're going to go ahead and, and take advantage of the opportunity if it's there. Oh, no, I want to do it. I want to do it, but I'm not going to invest the money of traveling all over the country unless I'm sure we have a chance at it. I mean, I watched the, the, in four years of barbecue, the greatest thing I watched was Travis and Dave going at that first place spot. Great friends, great guys. But, you know, I, I had Darren, I talked to Darren, and, you know, I, this is how it was put to me. We finished ninth in the country. Yeah. We did 21 comps. Those guys did over 30. Yeah. If we would have done 10 more, where would we have been? And that's how I look at it. I'm, I'm planning on, right now we've got 26 scheduled. And, uh, but if I saw we were close, I'd do 30. Tim Schaub joining me here on the show. Uh, aside from potential team of the year aspirations in 2016, what are some of the goals that you guys have, have set up as benchmarks to kind of gauge the success of the season upcoming? No, we had a bucket list last year. The only thing we have not done is got a 180 in anything. Of course, Diana has six of them in dessert, but we have none. We got our first 700 at the Jim Beam. We've been to the Jack. We've been to the Royal. Uh, we've been to King and the Smoker. Uh, if I wanted to pick one that I wanted to go to this year, I want to go back to King and the Smoker. Then the Jack, then the Royal. And I'm kind of interested in the fact that now I heard the Royal may have to be moved a week because of a Royals game. And that means that it would not be on the same weekend as the Beam, so we could possibly do both. But if I had my choice, I'd go back to the Jim Beam. Tim, in regards to, and you talked about it in the first segment, you know, cooking meat perfectly, but at some point you got to look at flavor profiles. Um, how, what are you guys using right now, flavor profile-wise? Um. Uh, Basically, we stick to sweet, meat, and heat. Uh, right now, we're practicing, and I think we're going to stick to it. We're using, um, we're sponsored by the Barbecue Superstore. They came out with a new rub this year called uh, the General. We've been practicing with it on ribs, along with Goal Line, on our ribs and pork. We did great in pork last year, but this really added kind of a better bark to it and a better flavor we stick to uh brisket brisket we basically inject with straight uh au jus uh myron mixon recipe it's a, it's a straight au jus <clears throat> we finish with uh, a combination of uh, head country uh smoking guns hot and freeman brothers down the center of the flap and we use our au jus left over in the pan, strained, run through a grease separator, and that's all we put on. We don't sauce our brisket. We make it Texas style. We want to taste the beef. We don't put any sauce on it. Do, do you find that in different areas of the country that, you know, maybe the, the guys that are saucing their brisket do a little bit better, or does that really not? Do, do you not find that there's, you know, sections rookies, of the country? As rookies, we thought that. And uh, we never got a call west of the Mississippi. We were under the impression that all our Iowa buddies, you know, and all the Minnesota guys, you know, they 
their idea of brisket was dip it in a quart of blues hog and throw it in a box. <laughs> and uh, two years ago, we did Marshalltown, Iowa. We turned in our brisket, and uh, we ended up with a seventh place in the first contest and a grand in the second. And, uh, you know, I, I, I listened to, uh, like I said, friends of ours, Darren and Mike, they don't change their profiles anywhere they go. You know, and it finally came down to they don't have to tell you, nobody has to tell you. If they're not changing their flavor profiles, it's how they're cooking their meat. And that's why our concentration went on cooking it perfect. So you're on the board for, you know, maybe 20 to, to 25 events this season. And uh, do, do you have them all locked in at this point, or do you have a certain number that you've, you know, really? No, I've got everything in? locked in through uh, July. I've got one in August. I plan on ending up in the regional. We plan on ending up in the regional at Sam's. Um, the Jack, of course, is a toss-up. It depends on the draw, uh, as is the king and a smoker. We've already got the invite for the Royal. Um, yeah, we're pretty much set. Labor Day weekend's taking care of the day, the weekend after Labor Day. I think right now I've got 23 on the schedule. Heavily loaded from the last week of April to the first first week of, by the first week of June we'll have ten in. There's three I think there's three sets of doubles in there. We're gonna we're gonna start out unless we get talked into doing something like Bainbridge for fifty thousand dollars or Tupelo, which is a double this year, we're starting out the last week of April, weekend of April in Boone, Iowa with a double. Are are you putting on contests as well, Tim? Yeah, what I do is uh, we started a thing, myself and five other teams, the pit masters from five other teams, started a group called the Wisconsin Barbecue Posse a couple of years ago. Um, when I started, when Adam and I started and I started four years ago, there were four comps in Wisconsin. And uh, I said, that's bullshit to travel when the guy's in Kansas and down south. You know, they get, some of these guys never travel yeah. 100 miles or 200 miles. So we started working with organizers and started working with people to build it up. This year, Wisconsin will have 18 camps. Um, to build teams, we uh, next month we are throwing frozen bones. It'll be our third annual. Diane and I and Adam do it out of our pocket. 15 teams, cooking ribs. Outside, first year was uh, 3 degrees. Last year was about 15. Uh 15 teams, and the purse is like 1000 to $1,500, depending. Door prizes, potluck meal, continental breakfast. Next month we'll be doing, uh, March we'll be doing Choke the Chicken, which is the same type of contest with chicken. When we get enough teams, we do a mentoring contest in April where we take four or five teams, uh, uh, T-Max Smokers, Chef's Gone Grilling. We uh, pair up with a uh, brand new team. We charge them a hundred bucks to get in. We cook a full KCBS comp with KCBS judges and the winner gets a couple hundred bucks and free entry into any Wisconsin comp. With that in our cooking, our backyard cooking class in September, we've added 12 to 15 brand new comp teams in the last two years. 
Tim Shop from Tim's Full Belly Deli joining us here on the show, and we're talking about what uh, his plan of attack is for 2016. You know, Tim, as far as you, you're seeing trends happen all the time, you're seeing the sport evolve. I was just talking with uh, Stephen Reichland uh, in the first segment of the show about uh, you know what he sees as trends in the industry, uh, you know, from a high level. In regards to the competition scene, Tim, are you seeing anything that you might want to predict as a trend that maybe isn't as popular right now, or something that nobody's talking about that you think is really going to make its way into the competition scene this year? I think KCBS and I think everybody is pushing to have it become a meat contest again. Even the addition of kale this year, I really don't understand it. If you're, if it's so much of a meat competition, and and the garnish has nothing to do with your score, why is it even there? I was totally impressed, overwhelmed at first, and scared of it. But when we went to King and a Smoker, where they said you're going to get a box with a piece of aluminum foil. Those are probably the nicest boxes we've turned in in 63 comps. And I believe in our discussions we've had that we will go garnish-free next year and make it a meat contest. You know, it's like people, drumsticks, they told us we were nuts. I've had judges tell me that half of them on the table now are drumsticks. You know, if you're saying you're doing this to make money, you might as well dig a hole in your backyard <laughs> and throw your money in it. it. It's not a money thing with us. Yep. We love barbecue. We love to promote it. Um, we're, we're hoping that we can be trendsetters and start something new. And, uh, you, know, you know, it's like when we got the Byron Mix and Smoker, we went to that class four years ago, came back, and 90% of the people told me, you're full of shit. There's no way you can cook brisket and pork in four hours. We're dealers for Myron Mix and Smokers. In the last nine months, I've sold 12 of them. Is that a lot? A lot of smokers? Yeah. Well, you'd have to ask Myron Mix and Smokers how many of the other guys sold. <laughs> I would assume as a, as a dealer, you, you probably have an idea. Quite a few. Yeah. Um, to the point that I've got them in restaurants. One, two, three, four restaurants, competition cooks from, uh, oh, there's a bunch of them on, there's a bunch of them on here tonight. Kevin Huber, he bought a 60-inch, and he loves it. Uh, we're going to probably have 10 of them at Masters in May in Green Bay. And I could have got a jamble. Um I'll tell you a little story how I got my 60-inch wire and mix, and I had a 48-inch, non-insulated, phase three. I mean, it was old. And uh, we were cooking in Marshalltown, Iowa. It was windy, 30 degrees. We had trouble keeping up uh, temperature. We took a break, walked in the trailer. Adam and I had a cigarette, came out, and it was spiked at 350 on our ribs. We burned our ribs. We turned him in. My wife, Diana, says, you guys have never had a call in Iowa. So this was a double comp. She says, you win a contest, I'll buy you anything you want. Uh. <laughs> we took seventh the first day, a grand the second day, and wow. when she was standing on stage collecting the trophy, she was crying. 
<laughs> and the organizer says, what are you crying about? You've won grand before. She says, because it just cost me a brand new smoker. And I could have bought a Jambo. And instead we bought an MMS 60. And uh, the quality is there, the way it cooks. All, I think it's a Jambo with a hot tub. Yeah, I was going to say. And, I, mean, if, and if, I wouldn't cook on anything else. If for the people that aren't as familiar, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they've heard that Myron has his, his own brand of smoker, but, I mean, you hear Jambo is kind of, you know, ruling competition, of course, uh, you know, the pellet cookers. But, you know, it, I guess in a nutshell, h- how does the cooker operate and, and what are the features? I believe it operates. It looks to me like an old maple syrup turn. Basically, you got the fire underneath a big water tub. The tub runs a leaf of the smoker, and it's four inches less than the depth of the smoker. The smoke and the fire come up around the sides of the water tub. The water is boiling, of course. The smoke is diverted into the water. The soot stays there, and the steam and the smoke flavor penetrate the meat. I've never heard of anybody on a Myron Mixon smoker drying out a piece of meat, even overcooking it. Yeah. And we'll put two 20-pound briskets on, four 10-pound butts. We don't fire up our smoker till 4 o'clock. We put the meat on at 5, and by 9 o'clock, everything's in the cambro. Huh. Less than four hours. And uh, we get a smoke ring. We get the flavor. We get the tenderness. And uh, we don't sit up all night. Is it a charcoal driven with with wood chunks, or is it a straight we wood? Start it, we start our it's it's basically a wood fueled, old fashioned smoker. We started at four o'clock in the morning with ten pounds of charcoal and a quart of lighter fluid. Yes, just like Myron does it, a quart of lighter fluid, a whole quart of lighter fluid. <laughs> we let it burn. I let it burn. Adam's sleeping. I start the fire and I uh, I season the meat. We we uh, light it, let it burn a half hour, and uh, I got I to gotta break it. Kevin Huber says, I do sit up all night. Yeah, I do, but I don't cook, I drink. <laughs> but anyway, Big uh, difference. we light the fire. Half hour after half hour, I throw on two sticks of hickory. At 45-minute mark, I throw on another stick, and I start throttling down the drafts to get 350 degrees. We wake up at them, and at 5 o'clock, the meat that's sitting there all season gets thrown on the smoker. And it sits there for two hours. We pan after two hours. At three-and-a-half-hour mark, we start checking temps, and we start pulling briskets and pork butts, and by four hours, they're all in the cambro. Wow. We're done. And, you're not, and then we start on our ribs and chicken. Are you adding more wood during the yeah, process? Yeah, we add wood. You? We go through... Picture a plastic 20-quart, uh, or whatever they call them, 20-gallon plastic tub like you yep. put your Christmas decorations in. Yep. We go through a little less than one of those in a full cook at a comp. And these are like wood splits like you would use in a regular... Actually, like like you put in a fireplace. Yeah. All right. Wow. Only they're, du- only they're double split. We uh, I usually buy a couple cords of hickory at one time and... Uh, it's all dried one year, and we use a tub per cook. 
And the, the, the great thing is we cook on a patio on the back of a 40-foot toy trailer. Yep. No, uh, no cover, no easy up, nothing. Eight-inch stacks on the top. And uh, let's see, we, uh, we cooked at Boone, Iowa, 30 degrees, pouring rain. People came by and couldn't believe it, sat there at 325. We cooked at Final Lac and took the Grand there, 14 hours of straight pouring rain. Nothing affects the smoker. So if you're interested in one, you can buy them off your website then? Yeah, all you have to do is uh, message me on Facebook or or call me or email me, and uh, I sell them. And as a matter of fact, because I'm in the trucking industry, we usually <laughs> save you some money because we haul them back from Connecticut, Adam will. And, uh, you know, 36, 48, 60, or 72-inch. Uh, go on a website, all the options are on it, and uh, they're ready to go. We uh, we didn't want to haul the big trailer out to California, so we took my pickup. We put uh, a friend of ours, Bob Shem, who's the organizer of Masters in May. He was the first one to purchase a smoker for me. We took a little 36-inch Byron Mixon that sells for $39.95. And uh, we put it in the back of the pickup, loaded our wood on, Behind us, we pulled uh, Ryan's smoker from Big T's, his Jambo. We blasted out to California. We cooked a whole comp on it. I mean, that little 36 will put on two briskets, four butts, you know, six racks of ribs, and 24 pieces of chicken, and cook up a storm. Nice. All right, so if you're interested, check out that. And uh, Tim will obviously be uh, ready to answer any questions as well. So uh, here we've done it. We've uh, laid down the foundation of Tim's Full Belly Deli. Uh, what they've done uh, past seasons and what we're looking to do this season in 2016. So, Tim, I hope you are uh, ready to strap in and uh, have kind of a, an in-depth done on you this uh, this season. I know I'm anxious to kind of get this going, and uh, hopefully Adam will be uh, back in town and we can have him on next time as well. So uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on tonight again. All right, Nate. One thing i got to tell you, because you got to work on this here, Greg. Yeah. The team tonight, as you know, Adam was on uh, Whiskey Ben's show earlier. The team took a poll tonight. Their favorite barbecue radio host. Yes. It came out a dead tie, so you and Chad got to work on this to see who's number one. Yeah, I'm number one. Come on. Just ask me all day long. I'll tell you I'm number one. Appreciate it, Tim. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Greg. You got it. There Good it night. is. Tim from Tim's Full Belly Deli. Tim's shop. Trust me, Tim, uh, me, and Chad are not tied. Not tied. Kidding. We, me, if there's anybody in the world that I would rather be tied with, it's uh, it's Chad. More. For, I mean, tied like a host. Whoa. Uh-oh. All right. Is that enough Tim's Full Belly Deli talk for you? Do you know him now? Are you ready to follow him as well? I don't know if anybody realized. He just laid out his whole flavor profile. That's part of the deal of being a followed show. You give it all up. All right. Quickly, let me tell you that if you are using Amazon.com, go to my website first, thebbqcentralshow.com, and click on the Amazon.com link. 
and then purchase through there. If you buy something, the show gets a little bit of a kickback. It doesn't affect your overall purchase price. No, no, no. But we get a little bit of a thank you for uh, linking you through to Amazon.com. So if you use Amazon and who doesn't, buying your drones or whatever, go to my website first, thebbqcentralshow.com, click on the Amazon link, and then shop at will. All right, uh, we will come back to wrap up the show. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. We got to beat a hasty retreat out of here. So all the way back in the first hour, Stephen Reichlin joined us at 914. Talked about 2016 trends that he sees. Also about the new show that he's getting ready to fly out and shoot Project Smoke 2. New season, same show. Then we talked with Clarence Joseph from Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue. Didn't uh, hit the mark in his estimation at Hold'em and Hit'em, which is a competition he has done traditionally not so great at. But next year is going to be it. He's got a class this coming weekend, and then Florida week after next. We'll recap with him in two weeks' time. And then Tim Schopp from Tim's Full Belly Deli joined me for the second hour. We talked about history on him, flavor profiles, things that he did in 2015, things he would like to do in 2016, all that good stuff. So join me again next week, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.